Hello and welcome to the Night's Rewatch podcast. This is the show where we're going through Game of Thrones, one episode per week. And we are up to probably my favourite episode, season four, episode eight, The Mountain and the Viper. I'm joined today by Maya. Hi. Jake. Hello. And Vincent. Hi. Cool, it's a full house. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, as we know, uh, the episode before last, uh, Jake was um, put on trial uh, for killing rock and roll. Wrongfully and he convicted. Requested, <laughs> he requested a trial by combat. And so here we are. <laughs> um, so the way this is going to work is I've got some quiz questions that I have carefully prepared. And uh, each person in the trial, which is three people, but... Never mind, this is going to totally work anyway, I think. <laughs> Has two lives. Um, if you get a question wrong, I'll roll some dice, because it is a dice roll in combat nonsense. And if you don't get a passing roll of seven on the two dice, then, uh, then you lose the life. So you can get maybe two questions wrong, or maybe lots of questions wrong, depending on your luck. <laughs> yeah, if my... Uh, gaming background has anything to do with it, it's going to be a real quick trial. <laughs> <laughs> Is everyone ready for the first question? Mm-hmm. Bring it out. And Jake, you're going to be answering first as you did after all probably kill rock and roll. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> false charges, but let's go ahead. <laughs> question one. How old was Theon when he was taken as a ward? Ooh... Uh, what is <laughs> nine years old? Maya, what's your answer? Nine years old. Vincent? Yeah, I'm sticking with, with them. Oh, it's ten, guys. Ten. Oh, <laughs> get a death roll. Okay. Uh, Jake, you keep your life. All right. Maya, you keep your life. Oh. And oh. Vincent, you keep your life. Oh. Well, that was... Swing and a miss. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, which of the of the following is not a face of the seven? The maiden, the widow, the mother, or the stranger? Jake. Okay, nobody follow my lead ever again. But I'm gonna go with the widow. Okay, Maya. The widow. It's It's, it's the maiden. The maiden. It is not the maiden, it is the widow. So Vincent, widow. you get another death roll. And finally, someone's lost a life. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Why? I'm making the Alaria face right now. Ah! Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, question three. What surname is given to bastards in the Vale of Arryn? Jake. Oh, oh. Uh, okay, is it... What is... Stone? Maya? Stone. Yeah, Vincent. Stone. Ah, you're all correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost uh, said sky. <laughs> <laughs> During season one, how many Targaryens were in Westeros? Jake? Season one? Yes, during season one. Two. Maya? Uh... Come on, snap, snap. Okay, two. It's a... Uh... Uh... <laughs> Come on, you're Guys, guys, guys he's going to Okay, I'm, go- I'm going to say, I am going to say two. <laughs> <laughs> so, unless you convince me otherwise, I believe there's just one Targaryen and it's a cut 
uh, at Castle Black. <laughs> wait, yeah, but Castle Black? Wait, at the, wait, season one. Where yeah. were we? Amon Targaryen. Westeros? Amon yes. and John. Oh, why was I Isn't thinking Essex? I was, uh, and John. Oh, wow. That's that's one way to ask. He's, he's not a... a isn't I see? I was gonna ask a qualifying question, but I was yeah. like, I don't know. It's just a quick answer. Targaryen okay. by blood, oh, but not God. by name. Oh God! You know what? You know what? I don't think I can. I can fairly um, take lives off all of you, even though he's not bloody called Targaryen. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> if it's any consolation, but I misinterpreted it as who? How many Targaryens were in Essos? And I said two. <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh my gosh! This the, is the blind leading the blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's why I said All don't right. follow my answers. <laughs> In the audiobook, what accents does Roy Dotrice attempt to give the Lannisters? Uh, Welsh? Maya? Welsh. Vincent? Welsh. <laughs> because I have no plan. Yes, you're all right. The blind <laughs> led correctly. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that was like the one that I that I definitely <laughs> knew. I was like, please, Jake, don't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> a, bloke, a broken clock can be right uh, twice a day. So woo. There you go. <laughs> Who says, when you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die? Cersei. Cersei. Maya. Cersei. All right, guys. Okay, here's a harder one. What is the sigil of House Arryn? Oh, it's a bird with a moon crescent. Maya. <laughs> yes, yeah, a bird and a moon. Yeah, yeah, you knew that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I God mean, I knew what it looked Jake like. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. This is more funny when I thought, I thought you were going to be the one getting all the correct answers and Jake would be like, ah, I don't know, like he did for every other quiz. Is my name Quentin Martell? Because I'm on fire. Oh. <laughs> oh. How many... Uh, no, that was too easy. Uh, <laughs> what's the name of Theon Greyjoy's ship? Oh, uh, Sea Bitch, isn't it? <gasps> Maya? Sea Bitch. <laughs> it's a- I, yeah, I, I think it, it was Sea Bitch. Something God like damn that. It. Is it too much? <laughs> it was too Jake, what the fuck? Where, where did you get all this knowledge from? <laughs> Maybe it's this energy it. drink. Maybe it's this energy drink that I drank. It's giving me like super brain power. Reactivating I, I, I'm brain. left feeling... <laughs> you, you know how um, how hustlers, they'll play really shitty for a few rounds, then they'll have a round really <laughs> okay. twice as much than 30. This is that round. No, because there's a He's difference a between me doing shitty for literally four seasons and this this <laughs> moment right now. <laughs> this is... <laughs> <laughs> this is my Rudy moment, you know, Rudy. <laughs> All right. Who says uh, you are no son of mine? Oh, uh, Tywin Lannister. Tywin. 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 I thought you guys might say Catelyn, because that's who I thought when I first saw it. Uh, no, she didn't oh. dis- disavow no, John. I, 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 thought, I thought that at first, but yeah. In the book, Tywin. she says something like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling as quick as a viper today. <laughs> well, you know what that ultimately means. Oh. Kaboom. Uh, all right. This is the last question. So um, Vince is the only one in any danger, which is bizarre. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Suspicious. Uh, all right. What surname is given to bastards in the Iron Islands? Oh, uh, 
Um, the Iron Islands. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Maya. <laughs> I don't iron. <laughs> okay, Vincent. I'm going to say salt. <gasps> that's that's probably better than the real one. The real one's pike. pike. Oh god! The wow. Real one pike? No, it totally should be salt. So revolt. fucking boring. <laughs> salt is a great one. Yeah. All right, I get to at least roll to hurt you guys. All right, Jake, you lose a health, oh, <laughs> and Maya, you also lose a health. So we're all tied. <laughs> so we all just barely survived. Well, so, yeah. Thomas, so everyone, everyone lived. I got it wrong too. Right. Oh yeah, you did. But no, I liked you so much. I'm not going to. I know. I don't, <laughs> I don't think you should lose anything for that. Okay, yeah, then fair trial. All right. So there we have it. Uh, Jake, you are probably not guilty, yes. although uh, you didn't manage to prove that this crime even happened in the first place. Ambiguity by killing is my anyone ally. else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't quite know how it would work. In I, I actually know the first trial by combat that Tyrion had. Uh, Bronn tried to let the other knight live, and it was you know it was the Lysar Aaron who was making it happen, even though there was a moment to forfeit and just accept the result. No way, man! He was drawing that last that last stab out. He was <laughs> holding it up, looking around like you know I'm going to do it. Anybody going to stop me? <laughs> and then he yeah. did. Well, it. I, I thought the point was. Um, please and say stop to the fight and you know then this guy can live and keep uh, I don't going. think Bron the sellsword has that kind of view. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how I interpreted it too Thomas yeah no, all right, we, we, all right. We, uh, fine German and Canadian unite together Okay, well, let's talk about this trial by combat. So, in this episode, Gilly wins Survivor, Molestown Edition. Jorah gets sent to the principal's office. Tyrion discusses the Beatles' smash hits with Jamie, and Oberyn shows he's more brains than Bronn. Teehee. <laughs> All right, let's just move straight past that into the first area. <laughs> yeah, so Molestown, Gilly hides as the uh, as the wildlings attack. Cool. Mostly awesome. Egret. You know, she yes, just and of course Egret spares her. So, be quiet, baby. Be quiet. What I like about this, that is an actually good attempt on raiding a village, uh, um, if you compare it to the time when they uh, attacked the old horse breeder, which was <laughs> like running, screaming at him, and this time <laughs> like sneaking in from behind and then just killing everyone without yeah, them really <laughs> noticing what's going on. Yeah, they go with like an owl uh, call, uh, call as well. She's yeah. like, it's like, it's just an owl, you dumb bitch. And she's like, that's no owl. And it's <laughs> Twoo twoo, I'm an owl. <laughs> a one, a two. <laughs> don't, don't look over here. <laughs> How many licks does it take to get to the center of Molestown? I was just going to say, you sound like the Tootsie Pop owl. One, two, three. <laughs> I've never heard the Tootsie Pop owl. Oh Let's just say God. he's a cheating bastard who takes one bite out of it and he's like, oh, that's how many licks it takes. It's like, that's not licking. <laughs> he's a he's a lying owl. Bastard <laughs> yeah. owl. Exactly. Can't be trusted. All right. Wow. So, um... <laughs> In Castle Black. Yeah, I was going to say, just is are there any final thoughts on the Bellstown thing? I think possibly not. I'm just not surprised that Egret survived, or not Egret, sorry, Gilly survived because she was the only A-list actress in a Z-list town. So it just kind of oh. worked out. <laughs> Take that, Jackie Sparrow. 
<laughs> well, okay. So in Castle Black, when the brothers hear about the attack, they basically, they can't do anything. And they're, you know, kind of sulking in that. But Sam is like, well, shit, I shouldn't have sent her to Molestown. And we're all like, we told you. We were screaming at the screen not to do that, Sam. Um, but uh, it's mentioned that, well, she killed a White Walker for, or she survived a White Walker for fuck's sake. Like, she'll survive. Like... You know, they give all these circumstances where they thought each other were dead um, and they survived. So he's sort of comfortable in that or comforted in that. But but John then realizes, well, if they've attacked and decimated Molestown, then Castle Black is definitely next. Um, so we're kind of almost, almost like we're royally an episode fucked. away. <laughs> almost, almost like they're setting something up to happen. <laughs> As if a whole episode will be dedicated to one large battle. Right. Uh. <laughs> It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. I, I just want to say, right, this episode was amazing. And I just know from remembering that this whole end of the season is pretty damn amazing. So, like, I am mm-hmm. super pumped for this and the next two episodes. Yeah, I love 90% yeah. of it. It's pretty great. That sounded specific. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, I'm curious about this 10%. Is the 10% in this episode or a future episode? No, it's in this episode and we will get there. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. So, yeah, uh, I, I just want to push on. <laughs> Marine, so come let's, on, let's, let's, let's go. get to Marine. So let's head east. So um, everybody's uh, <laughs> bathing in the river and Grey Worm is like... I, has, I, think, I think we should call him Pervworm from that one. Okay, Pervworm. <laughs> I thought he was named character, but that one's too. Just completely... <laughs> Completely unsocialized well, okay, so around they're women. they're all bathing, and he just, like, comes head only out of the water and just stares at Missande. They make very long, sustained eye contact. She finally covers herself, and he's like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be looking. <laughs> but uh, she's like, maybe I should be embarrassed. It's like, they're, they're just both having a weird mate. I, uh, I wasn't looking at your naked body. Uh, I saw a bird, yeah. There was a, a beautiful bird a behind you. Big eagle. Just perched there perfectly. I'd never seen a bird like Flew that. Flew past you. Yeah, we don't have that those birds in this region oh <laughs> shit that made my stump so hard <laughs> <laughs> speaking of stumps um so <laughs> danny and miss and i discussed just that um they're braiding each other's hair like girls do in sleepovers and um danny like just randomly says oh well you know he saw you bathing huh and she's like yeah she's like hmm when they castrate them do they you know take everything and Miss like what do you mean and she goes the pillars and the stones and I just love I love that I love all the metaphors for that in this show it's so great I like how, you, pl- like how you pluralized pillars as well as if they have like two or three, <laughs> two or three extra well, there were more than one boy that this happened to so <laughs> yeah this is actually wait a slightly everybody bizarre. doesn't have two penises I'm confused <laughs> I, you interrupted me so you could keep talking about t- double penises. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> double dicks all day. <laughs> all right. So I think this scene is a little odd because, but then Danny doesn't have anyone to be friends with, right? She doesn't have like a social group of, you know, of even like high up lords or anything to to chill out with. So she she is relying on her servants and stuff. And so... I find it really weird that she's the one braiding Miss Andy's hair. It's just like, well, I, I'm going to pretend to be the maid. I'm the maid. Ha ha ha. And, and like sort of flaunting it. From, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. I think it's more so like shining the chrome on your expensive car in the driveway. Like Miss Andy's like her girl. Like if her girl's not looking fly, then <laughs> wow. it reflects badly on her, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> Shining the chrome on your expensive car is equivalent to braiding your your maid's hair. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> An interesting case. If she doesn't look good, then I don't look good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, like, it's, I'm, it's like. Go ahead. <laughs> you you, you got to tattoo cool things on your baby, otherwise, you know, <laughs> you're gonna look pretty pretty naff. Yeah, you got to tattoo Red Bull on his forehead, and then everybody will see who your sponsor does. <laughs> I do want to call out the false equivocation that they make between arousal and interest with like physical body parts and whether or not they exist. Like, I don't understand why, like, just because he's been castrated, he wouldn't still want to look like I don't, I don't understand there's a disconnect there okay uh, I think it's something about the hormones that's why uh, Danny asks about the stones as well like it's, if there are no stones there are no hormones and if no there are no hormones <laughs> the, the um, possibility of getting attracted to uh, the opposite gender isn't that big well, it's reduced, isn't it? Like, I think this is a, a whole bizarre thing with the fact they're castrated in the first place. Yeah. That actually reduces their testosterone a lot. That's going to yeah. make them less strong. Yeah. It's yeah. Been a how come, how come Grey Worm isn't vibe. coming in like, hello, hello? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jake, that's, that's so Seven offensive, masters. but rather funny. I have a Grey Worm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Grey Worm. Sunday. The words you teach, I are very helpful. I'm not staring at you, Miss Ande. I'm just appreciating your figure. <laughs> so then, perfworm. <laughs> right, so he drops in on the conversation uh, very conveniently. I'm sure he was waiting outside the door, like, listening in. Um, so Miss Ande's been giving him lessons, language lessons, and he at first thanks her for that. Um, and they kind of bond over their, you know, shared past trauma. Um, and I, see, I thought you could you, be like, sort of, and he came and he was like, no, no, look, it's a stump. You see, it's something there. <laughs> no, Just I actually appreciated he, he this. I like when question. people can like look at their traumatic experiences and actually create a positive human bond out of it. Mm. Yeah. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. But I definitely. guess he comes in and he's like, um, so yeah, I'm sorry about looking at your boobs. And she's like, it's okay. I'm glad you saw me. And he goes, me too. Okay. <laughs> so he's Michael Perth. Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> I'll be leaving oh, now, Simona. No. But okay, so oh this is God. like starting in line, like the like one of the weirdest. Like, why are these these characters having a relationship other than to show Natalie Emmanuel who plays Miss Ande, that other than to show her naked? Like, that seems like the, <laughs> the only motivation yeah, for I, this. Like, this is one of the scenes like that takes away five percent of my hundred percent approval rating there of the episode. Go. So this is five percent here, and this is only because uh, my main object uh, object uh, objection of this stuff is that. This doesn't necessarily, this isn't necessarily important. You know what I mean? Like in a show that has so many important characters and so many important things, the <clears> love <throat> relationship between Danny's translator and the leader of the Unsullied just doesn't feel like something that's, that's, that's necessary. You know what's necessary? <laughs> Fucking Lady Stoneheart and she's missing. And <laughs> oh, all right, all right. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose no one. <laughs> and these scenes could have been. I'm going to dive in completely. there and try and cut you off before you have the same rant again. <laughs> we've I got five percent more down the line, so we'll get there. <laughs> um, I actually think it's a little odd in the sense that, um, well, 
they try and make nudity have a purpose, right? It's like, it's not porn if it's got a purpose. And the story purpose here would have been better served, surely, by having it Missandei seeing Grey Worm naked and, you know, having that shown and, and her, you know, then apologizing and him saying, no, it's, it's fine, I like that. And her saying, I liked it too. And then whatever, <laughs> you know, that, that might have been a better set of scenes than just, oh, look at you. You look like a really attractive woman. Mm. <laughs> it's like, well, mm. did I, I, we need the nudity to get that? Like, I, I like, I like your take on it because it would be great if Miss Sande was the one in the water and she just looks up and sees Grey Worm, but instead of covering himself, he puts his hands on his hips and just extends his <laughs> his, his crotch out a little mm. bit, and then like raises his eyebrows. Exactly. You like what you see? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That voice. And what I wanted to say about the water, uh, I, I think it's really, really awkward for for Grey Worm just to crocodile away like he did, just like. <laughs> I sat in the water. Now, now I'm a here. Full crocodile right there. And now I'm not. <laughs> It would have been so great if he just like, you know, his head stayed still, but his eyes kept shifting left and right and just slowly sunk back into the water. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't see nothing. <laughs> it's it's not me. You're looking at someone else. <laughs> A little bird lands on his head and just starts pecking at him. <laughs> God damn it. You gave me away. I named him Jeremy. <laughs> He's my friend now. <laughs> <laughs> we have ruined this character. We no, this is this. amazing. Yeah. This is way better. It's great. <laughs> oh. This is why okay. we should be writing for them. So <laughs> enough with enough with that puzzling storyline. Let's move on to something much more grave. <laughs> um as I giggle and say that. Um, <laughs> so we see Sir Barristan, um, a, a, a random kid, you know, comes up to him and hands him a, hands him a letter that's been signed or been uh, sealed with the hand of the king's seal, which is currently yeah. Tywin. And this um, kid is really fucking clueless, right? He's got one guy to give it to, and he's like, well, you look old and white here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, dude, they, we don't all look the same. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder how that, what the logistics were like. Like, what did Varys have to tell him in order to get him to do that? <laughs> uh, he's old and he's white. All right, well, we only got like three guys like that anyways, so it's not much of a gamble if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> but imagine like Varys' spies that in other areas where like they're delivering to someone who looks like everyone else in the area and they just give it to like the first random person they see. It's like, what? <laughs> you look like you're fairly dark-skinned and have dark hair in this area where that's the norm. Here you go. It's like answering a phone in a ringing phone booth. Like, it's... <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take I mean, it. I'm in here. <laughs> have you noticed any suspicious queens lately? Yes, I have actually. <laughs> oh, jeez. How much time you got? <laughs> Yeah, there's been at least three. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it turns out that this letter is actually Jorah's pardon that was promised to him by Robert Brathian in exchange for him spying and passing back information to him um, when he first mm. met up with Danny. Obviously, he isn't doing that anymore. Um, we don't know for sure. Do we know for sure exactly when he stopped doing that? Um, 
Was it before or after? It was probably. Uh, I, I think it was the wine scene. Yeah. yeah. Was that though? Pretty much. Anyway. I mean, he was like, "Well, maybe I shouldn't go." I know that's with this. when his opinion started changing. I'm just wondering if he still was passing information back. I think he was like, that. "Look, I think my dick could, you know, get wet here sometimes." <laughs> so <I> better... <laughs> that looks like a good place to put this. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> what, in the wine. Dora, <laughs> <laughs> like... get your dick out of my wine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm checking to make sure it's not poison. <laughs> Wait, <that's me. laughs> What's what is the sh- is there a show or something that references like sucking up liquids through your penis? <laughs> I don't know. I hope not because I have very low expectations for humanity as is. <laughs> Maya, I feel like you've you're onto something there. Oh, <laughs> Either you know about it and you're not telling us, or you're know, trying to invent it. That's making me mad. In the, the next week, turn in next week for me to reveal what that reference was. <laughs> <laughs> Penis straws. What? Oh, okay. Um, okay. So. <laughs> oh god. Oh. Uh, why did that physically hurt? Oh. Wrong in so many ways. <sighs> okay. So. <laughs> He confronts so uh, Sir Barrison Selmy, right? Yeah. So he confronts Jor and he's like, "Boy, I know what you did." And Jorah's like, "Oh shit, you know, um, I need to speak to Danny." He's like, "You're never gonna be alone with her ever again, and it's all over from there." And so Jorah goes like, to but, meet. But has I, an I, I get embarrassed. I don't want to have sex with her in front of you. It's like, <laughs> mate, mate. That's, I know that's about your penis straw. It is no longer <laughs> a secret. <laughs> You've been in my crosshairs ever since you stuck your dick in the wine. <laughs> I knew something was up. <laughs> the dick in the wine, that was a real clue, you see. <laughs> so, yeah, he's just looking at him while he's doing it. He's like, something's not right about this. <laughs> oh, my oh, gosh, man. you kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, he goes to have an audience with Danny, and she is understandably fucking She's like seething, like you can practically see the foam coming out of her mouth, right? <laughs> and he's like, "Please, Danny, like I am, I am totally loyal to you now. I stopped doing that. Yes, I did all these things, including <laughs> passing information back that you were pregnant, but but I'm not doing it anymore. I swear, I love you so much." Yeah, I send I send him letters. Oh, about what? Uh, you know how the, the weather the is, sky. the yeah. markets I've visited, uh, your ever single move and where you were headed, <laughs> uh, some of the restaurants I've eaten at. You know how wine like tastes that. different through a penis. Just my experiences. Uh, you know, I'm really sad, I, I feel like but I'm really excited missing. about penis straws being being more of a takeaway than Mountain and the Viper fight in this episode. Yeah, yeah, that's the big selling ticket right there. <laughs> I just Please wish my wine tastes title. a bit more musky. You know. <laughs> wow, it's like I can actually see our subscriber count drop. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, it's back up again. It's in real time, even though they're not really listening to this right now. Um, so, so to to bring the uh, tone down a bit yeah, to, to maybe a sensible place, uh, <laughs> I I think there's there's a bit of interesting cinematography with how um, how Jorah's a little bit down the steps and Danny's a little bit up the steps, and uh, and the whole time you know the cameras are are showing that they're showing up at Danny because she's got the power down at Jorah because he's, you know, subservient and trying his best to look innocent, I suppose. <laughs> he's getting a real scolding. 
Yeah, so it's, it's just a little interesting sort of choice they made, I think, just to to really show that this is a one-sided relationship and there's no, no way around it. Yeah. All right, back to penis straws. <laughs> penis straw. No, right. Okay, so anyway, like, she's clearly not going to show him any mercy, um, but she does kind of show him a kindness by not killing him on the spot. Um, I guess that is one remnant of of her you know, feelings for him is that she she can't bear to have him killed. But yeah. she does say that he if he's not gone before the sun rises or if he ever returns to the city, she'll have his head thrown in Slaver's Bay. So she's not fucking around. Yeah. I suppose the other little thing was just how um, when there is that scene with just Barrison and, um, and jo- Jorah. Yeah. When there is that scene with just Barrison and Jorah, uh, Barrison is holding the, um, the pardon and then sort of very much demands it back. And it's like, and you can just see a moment where Jorah's like, well, if I just hold on to the pardon <laughs> and I just walk in a straight line and just keep walking and just hope that nothing I'll stops good, me, right? then I yeah. might okay. get back to Westeros. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there's clearly a second thought in his mind, I think. So what you're saying is this is the only copy and I'm holding it. Do you have a match on you by any chance? it's embarrassing it's like no and then he goes and grabs the tape and he's trying to piece it back together (laughs) i'm just imagining that with like the irony of like burning like braziers like all across the room like (laughs) you just toss it in there but he asked for a match Uh, whoops i slipped oh there it goes oh shoot it fell right in there it may look like i placed it in there but i did not I did not. I, I realize it's daytime, but I just always have, you know, candles around. I just like the smell. <laughs> always. Incense everywhere. Give, gives it me this really musky smell. It's nice. <laughs> um, and then the final scene, of course, we see uh, Jorah leaving Marina on horseback forevermore to be known as Jorah the Explorer. The Explorer. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Internet high five, uh, Maya. <laughs> that was one of the best memes, I think. Oh, I, I, had, so I was laughing for like five straight minutes when I first saw that. <laughs> I'm so glad you called on it. It's so <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> Let's head to uh, the region of the north. Um, so we're outside. Is it? Um, yeah, we're outside Pike. Um, oh, sorry. No, we're outside Mo, Mo- Kalen, yeah. which yeah. the Ironborn are holding. And uh, Ramsey uh, made us aware of his plan to send Reek um, in kind of uh, pretending to be himself prior to being Reek in order to convince the Ironborn to give up the the castle or the stronghold, I guess you could say. Um, and so Ramsey kind of recounts his plan and you can tell Theon is absolutely petrified, basically, because he knows what the consequences are if he isn't able to. <laughs> accomplish this um yes yeah, i thought course, this was i thought this place was just a, a forewarning i honestly thought for a while it was moat caitlin um <laughs> <laughs> it is not and i think no. i figured it out it used to be moat bruce but then they removed the pillar and some stones and renamed it what? And, <laughs> boom. is that a jenner what? joke yes that just happened bruce oh, oh Oh boy. <laughs> it's not bad. I'll, I'll decide and post edit. Okay. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Reek pretending to be Theon. Uh, a re- <laughs> Theon, the, who is now Reek, who is pretending to be Theon, um, <laughs> arrives at the castle and they've been under siege for a while now. 
Um, the men are starving and miserable. And um, even though Reek's doing a pretty decent job impersonating Theon, the one Ironborn who appears to be the leader is not having <coughs> any of it. And it's like, only a whip, someone who is whipping boy would, you know, talk like this and it's bullshit and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you can see him like start to shake and be like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Like, I'm going to get punched so hard. This is going to suck so bad. You don't know what you're doing. Like, you have no. And he starts to say something along the lines of like, you have no idea or you don't know or something. And he, I think he's talking about what's going to happen to him if they don't surrender, not necessarily what's going to happen to them. Um, <laughs> and then be, some I, random guy like just stabs him in the back of the head, like the, the Ironborn leader. And he's like, "So uh, this paper you're holding, that'll say that means we can live, right? If we surrender." And and the Reek's <laughs> like, "Yeah, sure." Nope. <laughs> Cut to this guy's head on a spike, and well, I'm pretty sure it was what the paper said. Well, that's yeah, sure. Paper, but the paper, the paper told the truth, but the person holding the paper was the liar. <laughs> Well, the person who wrote the paper was the bigger wrote, liar. Wrote it. Yeah, that's the words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but holding it, you know, he's he's like just confused. He's a confused lad. No, I'm just imagining, um, imagine if uh, Reek sort of w- walked into the castle, cocky and confident, and said, "You like what you say?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Especially no. like book Reek. I mean, like I could see him like hunched over forward, kind of like his hand trembling as he's holding out the paper to them. Like, here, take this. It's, it's, it's wonderful. His You'll forwards. be free. Like, <laughs> well, because he, he even speaks one of in the rhymes. one of the onboard says, "Are you a girl?" Oh yeah, you're a woman. Like, yeah. I don't like, know. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you ask? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 because I they can't can... taste wine through my penis anymore. If that's what you're asking. <laughs> I think that it's kind of the the only way you could tell if a eunuch is a eunuch is if you actually had that that level of pitch for their voice, which is unfortunate that they didn't go with it. So you'd be like, "Give me a low C." Uh, oh, <laughs> ah, bullshit. I knew it. Come I knew sit you down were next to my organ. Let's test this out. <laughs> yeah, I, I quite like that we're, we're rubbing this joke into the ground in an episode called The Viper and the Mountain. It's like, well, you know, we got the Viper out of the way. <laughs> oh, I know what the stones are. Okay, now it all makes sense. <laughs> I like how he's like, he will be just and fair with you as he was with me. And I like to imagine like a glove falls off and revealing like three missing fingers. It's like, nope, nope, that's so good. <laughs> Actually, that's an interesting parallel to take, right? That's an interesting scene. Like it's an intense scene for Theon. This, if we're getting back into grounded reality and we're not chopping off penises and all that fun stuff, um, <laughs> I think this uh, is a really good Theon scene <laughs> as a character. This is where Alfie Allen nails it because he's... Pretending, oh, it's, so oh, it's, it's intense. It's layers. It's like layers of characters because he's pretending to be who he used to be, but he's still this reek creature. And when he starts to get called mm-hmm. out on it, he starts to like tremble and shake. And, and you can all, almost hear him like doing his like reek reek. It rhymes with a uh, week, you know, like in that little mumbling that he's doing. Um, yeah, no, his acting is is yeah, he some kills of the best it. in the series. I want to yeah. go a step further though. So you know how? So what you were saying about he was pretending to be who he was before. Um, he became Reek, which was a a Greyjoy that was not really a Greyjoy because he was raised by the Stark. So he was talking like a Stark who was, oh, yeah. remember, because when he went back home and was like, father, father, like, I'm loyal to you, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you don't sound like one of us anymore. <laughs> like, he's doing the same thing. Like, he's, that's why this guy calls him out on it, because he's, he's really acting like who he was before. Yeah, it's this identity crisis. Yeah. Is, oh, is, uh, so it's many layers. Like yeah. Can I tell you what it <laughs> reminds me of? Uh, it's Stop like, uh, well, when uh, 
So you've got uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, right? And they're both voiced by the same voice actor who's Mel Blanc. And, uh, and he was incredibly, incredibly talented, could do all sorts of different voices. But uh, there's one episode where these two characters, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, uh, start impersonating each other. And the one that's, you know, Bugs Bunny pretending to be Daffy Duck sounds like a perfect mix between them. And then you have Daffy Duck pretending to be Bugs Bunny. And it's another perfect mix between them, but in the other direction. It make, it's, it's incredible as a piece of work. And, uh, and this has echoes of that, you know, in terms of where your character is pretending to be someone else on, in multiple different layers and you can see the whole progress and yeah. it makes sense all the way. It's really good. It's like Tropic Thunder when Robert Downey Jr. plays an Irish... Uh, or an Australian uh, superstar who's playing uh, a black guy. <laughs> is it like that? Is yeah, it like yeah, that? that yeah, that's definitely the 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 level. <laughs> it totally is. He's a dude disguised as a dude playing another dude. That's the, the <laughs> it's layers. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the joke in that film, the punchline, as it were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's the uh, epitome of the conversation. Baha. <laughs> you can't just say this is the punchline of the conversation. Mm. Goodbye. <laughs> Next time, <laughs> punchline. I've my monocle. Right. Oh, and of course, All right, as you a win. What's next for his uh, his idea to send in uh, Theon, who is now Reek, who is pretending to be Theon? Uh, Bruce successful. Bolton names Ramsay now a true and legitimate Bolton. He is now Ramsay Bolton, no longer Ramsay Snow. Holy shit. <laughs> Come, Reek. I'll be needing a bath. And this time, we'll <laughs> use the bubbles as celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're on Ramsey's I mean, we, we do know how they. Bath. We do know how they love their intimate bath scenes. And also, I quite like that um, Ramsey's actual words is, uh, is that I think I need a bath. And it's like, you need a bath quite often, mate. Yeah. <laughs> like, you Why took up you the nickname like Reek. watch you take a bath? <laughs> you took up the nickname Reek and no one challenged you. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of owns it. <laughs> yeah, mate, like, it, it must be like the, you know, the kid at school who smelled and it's like, he's like, I'm going to take a bath. It'll be my monthly bath and it shall be great. Like, <laughs> do, do you it understand the situation bath. here? Oh, yeah. It's good to have Victorian-era hygienics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's head over to the Eerie. So, of course, last episode ended with the death of Lysa Aaron, and Littlefinger is now being interrogated by Lord Royce and the other Lord and Lady of the Eerie. Um and, uh, you know, obviously it's suspect nobody else was there. So they need an w- <laughs> eyewitness account. What the fuck happened? Like, and their reasoning is she she loved Robin more than anything else in the world, which is very, very true. Um, almost as much as her own life, I think. Almost. <laughs> and, um, you know, he, Littlefinger, of course, is a convenient fucking answer for everything. They're like, he was like, oh, she was prone to melancholy. I'm like, really? That's what you call it? <laughs> All right. Sure. Let's call it melancholy. Um, and of course they kind of anticipate this. So I think he's, they're suspicious of him anyway, but he's only been there for a few days, so they don't trust him. Good on them. She she committed suicide. Ah, man, I I don't believe that for one second. Damn. I should have went with my other lie where she slipped on a banana. Yeah. I like that, um, they, uh, he says that she was very passionate and 
driven or whatever it was um, in how fast she wanted things to move. And they're like, yes, we know. And it's like, yeah, you could hear it. We all heard it. (laughs) You know, you could hear (laughs) it on the other side of the veil. (laughs) I've got letters coming from Essos (laughs) with complaints of the noise. (laughs) When my husband makes love to me, you'll hear me straight across the narrow sea. Oh man, even in the lands of always winter, they're like, shut up. God damn it, Lisa. <laughs> anyway, so they bring you in. Just, just um, imagine like a sweeping shot over the, the sort of north of the wall, with, like the Night King there, and then, ah! <laughs> just echoing over the hill. Like, what? He's like flipping, he's flipping in his bed and pushing a pillow against his ears. And he's just getting really irritated. <laughs> he's like, you know what? That's it. I'm invading Westeros. He's like, oh, that's the way to go. <laughs> Follow the the Lysa orgasms. (laughs) (laughs) You'll find your way to Westeros. Marco! (laughs) (laughs) This way. (laughs) What I I wanted to say, isn't it um, more... uh, Wouldn't it be a more realistic lie to say she tripped on this fucking stone floor and fell through yeah. the moon gate, which is almost always open, which is just a big <laughs> risk in the it main hall. It's always open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she she like jumps down just, there. She keeps just opening it. It's just like it's her own fault. <laughs> yeah. This should no, be so an itinerary. I I do want to say the uh, the book has a different take on this, which is that you have the singer Marillion who's been mm-hmm. doing the tours of Westeros and following the characters around. So he's actually a, you know, he 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 probably gets mentioned as many times as Podrick by a certain point. Um, and he's there at this and he's the only other witness. And guess who they blame? <laughs> so rather than saying it's a suicide, uh, Baelish and Sansa throw... Um, an innocent singer under the bus. And I, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, at least it's they didn't cruel. throw him out the moon door. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an actual Sorry. door in the books, by the way. Yeah. It's legitimately it's just a, a door. door in the wall, which leads out. <laughs> what do you mean, to as opposed to in the floor? Yeah, not the moon hole. <laughs> I like the moon hole, okay? Yeah, I, I think, I think I, the moon hole is. I still don't. There's, there's a lot of good holes. I, I still don't get the. Um, uh, the the build of the whole castle with the hole in the middle, but it looks more badass than a door in the wall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's aesthetically pleasing, but just yeah. shouldn't be called a I guess, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we discuss the logistics of a door. You know, there's only one man who knows that, and that's Hodor. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, okay. Yeah, I, I think compared to things like um, the 300-meter tool, uh, wall like this isn't that unrealistic it's like well you just build in some good cantilevered um braces and just stick your castle quite far out and you know there you go yeah yeah probably there you go bing bang boom bing bang boom they, they, they've, got, they've got good architects they've got guilds called the builders and stuff like, <laughs> i also like just, just to point out as well is that um by marriage and this is what sansa discusses while she's uh talking with uh uh Ron's Joyce or whatever the it's a complicated word uh, <laughs> she's like uh, she's like yeah he's my he's bronze Jan Joyce Royce whatever Royce. <laughs> <laughs> she's like uh, yeah he's he's technically my uncle like I'm I'm actually Santa Stark and he's my uncle by by marriage and I was like I, I didn't notice this before but I was like he's the original creepy uncle 
He is like the <laughs> first creepy uncle, mustache right? and all. It's it's just like every creepy uncle spawned from this creepy uncle's loins. <laughs> I love how Sansa uses that as an argument as to why he would be innocent. And like you can totally see Lord Royce's eyes like shift over to Littlefinger and totally that actually makes it way more creepy. Like the fact that he's your uncle does not make it any better, Sansa. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes it worse. <laughs> Quite the stereotype for creepy uncles. Oh, so true. I mean, the bo- <laughs> mockingbird pin. What what crazy uncle doesn't have a mockingbird pin? Oh yeah, and a voice that sounds like gravel. And, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. So Sansa gives her testimony. Her first, uh, you know, thing is to say, actually, I'm not a land. I'm Sansa Stark. You know, gaining their trust and making her ward more believable. Um, so good on her. Mm. Um, now we have seen her give testimony before. Um, back when they were recounting back way back in season one, where all the kids were recounting what happened down by the river. Um, and so she's obviously picked some things up by then or since then. Um, so she recounts the recent experiences. Most of it is very, is truthful. She tells little white lies here and there, and then some big lies sprinkled in, um, ultimately saving herself and more significantly saving Littlefinger. She corroborates the story and says, yeah, Lysa killed herself. She was fucking distraught and crazy. And she saw Littlefinger give me a kiss on the cheek. It was totally innocent, but she fucking went crazy and she was trying to kill me. And then she killed herself. So yeah, it was, it was horrible. This is where she pushed out the door by a singer. (laughs) It's it's very complicated. Like, think think about rock and roll is it's really easy to kill. You know, just keep dying. (laughs) I have been acquitted of all charges, most charges, uh, (laughs) from my trial by combat. So I'm not the victim anymore. (laughs) Trial by quiz bat. This is where it gets really weird for me, though, is because, um, you know, he. It works really well for Littlefinger in this moment. He's got his alibi. Uh, he's Lord of the Vale now, and soon he's going to be gunning for the throne. But like, where does it go sideways? Because for me, I think that it's when Sansa just randomly sticks up for him. Like, is he really betting on the fact that she's going to have his back in this situation? And if that is the case, then where do we start going wrong with Baelish's overall plan? Because at a certain point, you're like what the fuck is the point of this? <laughs> to be fair, like near the end, it, at, by the end of season seven, we're, we're left with dead Littlefinger and like, just like, oh yeah, we knew what we were doing the whole time. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's confusing yeah. to me. Well, well from, from an interest point of view, I want to see when uh, Sansa gets given away again because that, in retrospect, makes so little sense because yeah. he does seem to always want to fuck her. Yeah. And I mean, it's not the right thing to do, but it's it's a thing you know it's like well if that's his motivation then fair enough um but like i so i don't quite remember how that came about and i'm really interested to see that again yeah we'll keep an eye out for it we'll, we'll watch baelish's uh plan if it if it crumbles or not but yeah it's confusing i do like point. i do like this scene though for being sansa playing the game she mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. gets on board and I don't know. Is this the first time she's just been 100% in, in the game? You know, it's like, I'm just going to do a thing that's slightly immoral. You know, I'm going to lie to people, protect someone who's guilty, because fuck it, it's good for me right now, and that's what I need. I need allies right now. I think it's the first time she does it that good. Yeah. Yeah. Successfully as well. Yeah. Yeah. She's dipping her toes in. It's like yeah, as opposed to before when you, she used to say, "Oh, I love Joffrey. Yeah, he's so great." <laughs> yeah, we he's... start to like Sansa at this point. <laughs> yeah, Sa- Sansa 2.0 is is starting to <laughs> exist now. 
<laughs> I'm so glad that they updated the software. She's, she's yeah. right now. <laughs> it's like having a good robot. Yeah, like a good <laughs> Shaybot. Um, now that the other one is Shea about Bot. to die, yeah, sure. We need oh, a new dude, one. we only have two more episodes yes. of Shaybot. What are we going to do when we lose Shaybot? Who do we have left? Grey Worm! <laughs> <laughs> we will focus our attention to him. Um, okay, so after um, after after this little uh, interrogation or testimony, Littlefinger is quickly kind of seen again to be on equal footing as the other lords and ladies, um, and they're having a conversation um, about, you know, he brings up some good points. Like, they've just kind of sat in their protected eerie and, like, let everything else happen around them, and it's led to the Lannisters taking out all of their allies. Um and they're therefore in a weaker position because, you know, their their whole Switzerland tactic isn't exactly working out for them. Um, so they're like, well, fuck, what do you want us to do? And he's like, um, or who do you, who do you want us to back? And he's like, you should what? back Robin Aaron. Like, he's the lord <laughs> of the Vale now. And um, let's go ahead and support him in, in doing that. He needs to man up. He's been babied by his mother for so long. She's finally gone. Let's take advantage of it. It's a bit like if uh, if Switzerland were Jewish, just entirely Jewish. It's just like you saw what was happening, right? You you did see that like <laughs> your main enemies were just stomping around, killing your allies. It's it's not that you're neutral, neutral. It's that you're not neutral and you're failing to help. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> skiing. That's the time. Um. So uh, Littlefinger then asked Sansa, like, "Why did you lie for me? Like, what what was the advantage?" And she explains that basically. She sided with him because he was the known threat. Like, she doesn't know what the lords and ladies of the Vale actually want. Um, but she claims to know what Littlefingers want. Littlefinger wants. Littlefingers. <laughs> <laughs> what do the Littlefingers want? He touched me with his little fingers. <laughs> and then he sipped wine through it. It was disgusting. Uh, yeah, anyway. I, I mean, there's almost... I, I don't know. There's almost a bit of me that wants Sansa to just say, "Ah, fuck it. I'll just, um, I'll just be Littlefinger's wife because it's safe," you know. And that, like, there's kind of not that many reasons not to, except that she doesn't want to. Unless she's getting <laughs> you know? a sense of how dangerous Littlefinger actually is. I was just gonna say, I think by the time that Littlefinger could have bonded with her enough for her to say yes, she would have been figured out that that was not the right way to go about it. Yeah, like, there's an air about him where you're like, something ain't right. Something's, yeah. Something's fishy. That boy, right. Instead, <laughs> instead of marrying Littlefinger, she then, um, the next scene we see of her in the throne room, she's descending the staircase as Darth Sansa. And she's in all black in this very statement necklace and she's dyed her well, hair so, dark. So this is just after, like Littlefinger is currently talking to Robin and saying, we're going to make you great, we're going to have a good walk, it'll be great. And then she appears, and it is a proper entrance, isn't it? This is it this really is like is. Tywin on a horse shitting in. <laughs> <laughs> it goes a baker with a tray like always. Uh, so this is one of the one of the last scenes, really, that we get, one of the last momentous scenes that we get of Sansa in this uh, season, um, and I was so super psyched after this. I was like, oh, shit, it's going to get real because this is this is where her story really passed um, where it ended in the books. 
And um, really, I w- Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> I mean that there was parts of her storyline that were sped up and some were slowed down. So in general, this is where it it passed it on on a oh, I guess majority level of, of her different on, on the last book ever released. Yes. <laughs> oh God! Don't don't stop 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 peeling that bandaid. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it on. Leave it on. I need to heal. Um, but yeah, I was I was super psyched because this set up like legitimate like okay she's literally going dark what are we gonna see her do and then it still took her so long to develop even further and it yeah it was just like yeah she ends up in a white gown so it's like well what the hell yeah (laughs) wrong order guys wrong order yeah anyway one last scene that we get which is one of the best best scenes in this entire season i think i know if this were any other episode this would be the best scene in it so this is so great this is the bloody hound at the bloody gate (laughs) (laughs) and he's with bloody aria yeah i got one issue uh, with this and we'll get to it he's arrived and he's like uh hey i've got uh, you know, I'm coming to see Lady Aaron. Um, I've got Ari, and you can tell like he's he's kind of in a good mood. Even like I wouldn't call him like happy because I don't think he knows that feeling. Um, but he's definitely like lighthearted. Um, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, Lady Aaron has is like ten days ten days gone or dead or something. Three days gone. Three Not days gone that. or whatever. Like you just missed her, pretty much. Like oh, she was just here. You just missed her as she was passing upwards out. into the afterlife. <laughs> She went for a little fly, uh, didn't come back, and Arya just like <laughs> burst into laughter, and it's the best. Like, oh, the irony—it's so good. I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's a good scene. Uh, but I, I think uh, just before you go into it, just the comic timing is on point. There's like a what, maybe one and a half, <laughs> a two second delay before there, she really starts like, laughing. Looks at each other, and like you watch, you watch the hound's face. <laughs> You watch Arya's face as it just breaks into laughter. That's brilliant. All right, Jake, what's wrong with it? Okay, so the only issue that I have with this whole scene is that it's great. It's everything. It's awesome. I love it. But at the same time, after after all of that, wouldn't the Knights of the Veil be like, so you're Arya Stark, who's been missing for a very long time, and you're the hound who has a bounty of a lot of silver on him. So you're going to have to come with us, like, right now. Like, we have a lot to talk about because you have been missing and you have a bounty on you. Like, I would I, I would yeah. think logistically they wouldn't be like, okay, bye, Arya Stark, who's been missing for a while and everybody knows about. Okay, bye. You know, it just doesn't play out properly. I, yeah. I think it's plausible, that being that these are... These are so- Veil soldiers, right? Like, these aren't presumably... This guy could even be a Knight of the Veil, the guy, like, actually giving orders at the Bloody Gate. And as we just learned, their position is, like, less than neutrality. Like, they don't just, like, stay out of it. They 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 stay so far out of it, they won't even help their allies. And right now, the bounty on the Hound is a bounty that the Lannisters put out for him. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't, don't think, think they're going to give that, that the information would have like disseminated enough down to this guard for him to even know who these people really are. I don't know. I think, I think it's it's more like interest. it's more like if you call up, you know, uh, let, let, me, let me think of a good analogy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more like if you're calling up, say, a, a place to insure your car or whatever, and you're just like, you know, we had an accident and. Uh, and they hit me, and they're just like, sure, sure, sure. No, 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 but like it really did just, 
you know, trust me on this. It's like, yeah, yeah, all right, whatever. So the, you cause an accident? No, no, no. And it's like, <laughs> it's these sometimes the low-level people that are actually at the front line um, have a little bit of a power trip on on their gate or their, you know, their thing that they control that mm. you don't. And they just don't give a shit. <laughs> I, I know, feel but she's, like... she's such a, she's a high-profile political character. Like, to have the daughter of... Uh, um, Ned Stark is kind of a big deal, um, as yeah. well as yeah, having the hound. Like these but are this bargaining is my gate. chips, you know. And, but this even is, if, this is my gate. <laughs> I think Vincent's got my back on this one. Yeah, yeah, and even if um, uh, Lysa isn't there, they still know that Peter is there, and they know that they're yeah. married, and Peter is her uncle in law now. So it's like, yeah, just come in, <laughs> Baelish exactly. there, then. He's going to look after you and everything will be fine. I like to see the hound can got a stay problem. outside here. <laughs> I think it, it basically works as a tiny power trip, but like, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, that said, I think we should push on to the final scene, mm-hmm. which is only a few minutes of the episode. But oh, it's <laughs> what a hell of a scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, this is, this, right. is, this is where Game of Thrones is fucking awesome like this uh, to not badmouth the earlier scenes or anything like that my five to ten percent <laughs> this like, is I've got, peak i got one little thing about this part but the whole thing of mountain versus viper is awesome this is peak awesome game of thrones mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so it's very early morning of the day of Tyrion's trial and jamie and Tyrion are in his cell um they've presumably been drinking all night and sharing childhood stories um, and they're one of the stories they tell is, is of their their rather simple cousin Orson who likes to smash beetles. Um, and as so like there's so many like fan people. theories about this like this Orson character being um, a stand-in for like George R. R. Martin, like he's just willingly like killing people like left and right because Tyrion talks about like I tried so hard to understand his motivations and I just couldn't figure them out, and that's kind of where the fans are like, why are you why are you doing this? Well, I got that a bit because I was trying to think like, is he you know? making a reference to joffrey here or like who what what is the psychopath beetle killer that he's talking about in analogy form oh it's i think it's kind of just like okay so one of the reasons why i have issue with this scene is because we could have been spending this time discussing i don't know something like taisha which is an already very good Mm. plot uh which that could have continued but just died in like season one or two um but I think the idea is that, like, for some reason, like, even if you try to stop them, people will just smash the little guy for no reason. And that's just kind of what, like, Tyrion is. He's the beetle. And, right, he um, sees himself in the beetle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just that these these monsters will just, um, you know, crush the little guy for no other reason other than the fact that... Entertainment. They, yeah, and that they want yeah. to crush him, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's just conversation they have Tyrion just wants to talk about well at least something because he knows that even if he has one of the best fighters as his as his champion it's still going to be a hard fight and he's not sure if he's going to make it out of there and it's just like well see seeing his life pass by and think of all the good memories he had and then just like talking to to Jamie about it yeah but then it is an odd choice of scene to actually show is this whole bug killing yeah well i think the analogy is there with uh Tyrion as the beetle so i think it's (laughs) kind of relevant 
Yeah, we kind of glossed over something more more important as well because at a certain point, uh, he's like, they talk about a certain maester and Jamie's like, yeah, he, he tried to touch me once. And I was like, wait, hold on. Well, back up. Jesus Christ, <laughs> we got to see if Jamie's okay. Like, that's kind of a big drop to gloss over. Like, you were almost molested as a boy. Like, maybe we should talk about that. You know, that glaring uh, issue that you seem to be going through. I don't see through. that as an issue. Like, that doesn't <laughs> seem like something Jamie would want to go into detail in. I, I probably know, drank so funny. many beer that like so many beers that that just kind of came out and he's like yeah fuck that was fucked up right and Terrence's like yeah <laughs> yeah but let's talk about Beatles instead of your inner childhood yeah. trauma <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's talk about fun stuff uh, um but anyway the the jovial mood turns somber because the sun rises and it's like oh shit the day is here it's finally yeah. come I was just going to say, yeah. you know, we, we could try being almighty over them because, like, you shouldn't make fun of disabled people. And here we are being like, I'm great. <laughs> 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 like, we have no high horses. Yeah, I mean, we we may make fun, but we also care as well. This is we a do podcast care. dedicated to caring. Um, I mean, as <laughs> is as, it? Well, think about it. You guys have been so nice to me, and I would consider myself disabled. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no, you're you're the hustler, man. You you were pretending to be stupid for the last, you know, <laughs> six right, months. He's the shark. He's the oh, shark. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry. You I just wanted our charity. Yeah. Well, <laughs> drop some knowledge. Um, and uh, the, one of the more heartbreaking moments is like right at the very end where, where Jamie tells Tyrion he's not super optimistic about Oberyn's chances, mm-hmm. but he wishes like Tyrion luck as he leaves. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, as far as they know, this is the last time they're ever going to talk. Yeah. And he's like, um, yeah, you're probably going to die, bro. I don't think uh, I don't I think the mountains got got your champion. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say something about uh, some girl that you you knew way back in the day. I think her name was T- T- Toyota, Tonda. That I would not remember. have made sense on the show. I agree <laughs> that it would have been cool, but it would not have made sense on the show. I don't know, maybe. It was like sushi, shushu, shushay. Taisha? Taisha. Taisha. is just the really old version. It's like, yeah, know, that's, that's version visible metal. Yeah, or just like, oil canister. Get the oil canister. It's like, wow, I see why Shaybot was an upgrade. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Tyrion is escorted to the arena. There is a huge crowd that is assembled. Um, and uh, he he sees Oberyn, who's like drinking and very, very lighthearted and dressed in this super light leather armor, no helmet to be seen. And uh, Tyrion's like, uh, dude, uh, you could wear a helmet. And he's like, no, 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 I got to see. It's cool. Um, he's like, what about it's your like, armor? No, 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 you got head. Like, nothing on. He's like, no, 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 I prefer to be quick. Than- your head is so important to me right now it's like dude if your head gets crushed that would be bad <laughs> that would be horrible although i don't know if a helmet would have ended up protecting him probably not today is not the day i die said the guy that died today <laughs> yeah. uh, if he hadn't said that he'd be fine yeah, don't just, jinx yeah. yourself just right that. before a fight. Like, literally jinxed himself and didn't Gosh, we, we, we know the thing that you shouldn't have said. Let's get into the fight. <laughs> right, okay, yeah, speaking of things you shouldn't say. Um, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> all right, all right. Say something <laughs> about Pycelle so they can do it. All right, so to start it off, <laughs> so to start off this grand occasion, Pycelle like wobbles out to the <laughs> middle of the arena and he starts this super he, fucking long. He revs up his speech. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Super fucking long-winded speech. Oh, the history of trial by combat. Blah blah blah. And Tywin's like, <clears throat> "Yeah, okay, let's get this started." And Pycelle just like yeah, they, slowly they wobbles play him back out. off. Grumble, grumble, grumble. The band plays him out. Um, so the two champions enter the ring, and uh, Mister Fancyfoot Martell does a few flips and spins, and the crowd's like, "Ooh, ah!" Um, clearly, he's a showman, and. Uh, he does end up landing quite a few nice stabs and slices um, with his uh, presumed to be poison spear. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see the evidence well, of that I, later. I really love the choreography of the fight because um, oh, when he is uh, having to jump over the sword and stuff and twirling and jumping over the sword, it feels like a sensible fighting style while also being amazingly flamboyant and, yes. and good to watch. You know, it, it, it mm. like does both. Yeah, it's like, like, there's no way that's the most efficient way to jump over a sword. But like, like how, he did it. Like how Maya was basically um, mm. shopping him off as like a, a, a chop, a slap chop or something like that. Like he, sli- <laughs> he slices, he dices, he could cut a whole mountain in half. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll take your Achilles tendon and slice it in two. Um, <laughs> no, but I actually remember watching, I think it, it might have been the actual inside the episode a uh, little segment of this one um where pedro pascal the actor who plays oberon is explaining the incredible training that he went through and this is all like him except for like a very few um shots that were just you know apps like actual yeah, you, flips you and stuff that he couldn't do. um but a lot of this was actually him and i just find that really cool like as an actor like being able to learn how to do this stuff must be super oh, fun yeah now the real challenge was uh making my head explode that took a lot of training <laughs> <laughs> but we got it on the but first it turns day. out if you concentrate and just go he actually said so they went over that part and i guess he had a bunch of like the goo like the the makeup designers or whatever oh, God, like it I was actual that. like just jello kind of oh, and they like just it was this ni- very nice and cool and it was a very hot day and he's like yeah i just had to like lay there with this gel like cooling gel on my face it was pretty relaxing <laughs> being massaged into my eyeballs by yeah. an enormous man oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway so he he like i said he lands a few injuries he gets to you know um pretty seriously injuring the mountain so much that he's i wouldn't call him fully immobilized but he's definitely hurting um and you can see Tyrion, you know like shaking his fist he's like oh yeah fuck yeah like okay maybe i maybe have a chance here but then oberon starts to spiral and as soon as he gets the upper hand he starts quote-unquote interrogating the mountain with this you raped her you killed her you murdered her children like over and over and over again and because of this kind of ragey rant that he's going on he ends up losing his focus and he gets too close to the mountain the mountain's able to, I think, like kick him down, like with his own foot. Um, punch lands this amazingly powerful punch, knocking like half the teeth out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's brutal! And then he ends mm-hmm. up on the ground. The mountain's on top of him, and he says, "You know, like oh, he admits to everything that Oberyn accused him of, and he admits that Tywin was the one that ordered all of it." 
he covers um, Oberyn's head and and puts so much pressure on it that he just like squishes his head like a fucking grape, and it's oh, it's so brutal and awesome, and yeah. it's so, so fast. gross. It's so gross yeah. and so fast, like you don't know what happened, and the whole crowd is just like, yeah. and then you hear Alaria scream. So, so, oh, it's so good. I feel like just we got to be fairly quick because it is recording time, but uh, we should kind of just go through it bit point by point in that like. Firstly, right, when the big stab in the chest is done on the mm. mountain, um, that is a great moment and a great shot because it's not so deep that the mountain dies, but it is enough that as the audience and as Tyrion, you're like, yes, it's over. This is it. We did it. You know, mm. Tyrion's going to live. Early and, celebration. And, and you celebrate too I, if you I like Tyrion. I remember the which first time watching this. Like, yeah. Yes. Yes. And then, finally, did it. And then everyone in the audience uh, knows that as soon as he starts circling and mm. getting a bit too mad, that it's going to go wrong. And like we were all dragged through the same emotional loop oh. um, mm-hmm. of being tricked, basically. And it was horrible and extremely well done. Mm-hmm. So two, two, two things. First thing. Uh, it is extremely close to the books. Like I, I gotta say, I one of the reasons why I enjoyed this scene so much was how on point it was with um with the books themselves. Um, oh, I've got a I've got a criticism of the books there, if you like. Well, it's like uh <laughs> like I, I they kind of have a big crowd, and at one point a few people get like cut up pretty good. Like one guy gets his yeah, head cut off. and stuff. I, I so think that's the stupidest. It's a little bit more brutal. The book <laughs> is is how it's like. Oh, people are just standing too close to the mountain, just. I got his sword <laughs> slicing through some backstage. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, yeah. that just, <laughs> you don't... this is just murder. You know, you can't just yeah. murder people at a murder trial. It's not how it well, works. Well, when you buy tickets to the splash zone, you know what you're to expect. But <laughs> so... I, 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 anyway, but... I thought that was really crap in the books, honestly. And I like the show a lot more. Uh, yeah, I, like I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like, so the scene for me when I was reading the books was that there were so many people that wanted the, to see this fight that, that they were ending up encroaching on the actual arena part of the fight space. Yeah. Like that's, that's where my brain went. But I, I, yeah, I totally get it. It was kind of like, really? <laughs> like, come on. Second thing is, um, Oberyn broke the number one Bond villain rule. And it's that rule that he broke that got him killed, which is never monologue. Never monologue. Never. Get it done. You've got James Bond on your laser machine and he's about to die. Stand there and watch him get cut up into little laser bits. Don't be like, okay, mm. see you later. And then never shout monologue. at his corpse. You raped her. You murdered her. <laughs> now you're dead. I murdered you. Now I'm going to rape you. That's <laughs> 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 um, but I just like to imagine that after the head explosion, there was just one guy in the audience that was like, you know what? I'm going to go smash some watermelons and make money off of it. <laughs> Gallagher was born. Like souvenirs, smashed watermelons. It's like, get your smashed watermelon. Remember a great day out. <laughs> oh, yeah. The the, another little thing was just, I think the... The shot of the punch was super mm-hmm. in the sense that it, it did what um, what wasn't done the last episode with Lysa Aaron and the Moon Door. It cut away at the right time and it cut away so that you imagine it and you see a bit of teeth flying and blood splattering. You see the damage, um, but you don't need to actually see the moments mm-hmm. to get that. Yeah. And it's possibly more powerful. Yeah, so they um, tell, don't show. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that was super. 
And then the next sort of super great shot was just the actual moment of the head exploding. And mm. oh, you get God. forced into that. You get shown all of it and you are watching it so closely. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elliot, screams. Yeah, Alaria's oh, yeah. scream is is extremely powerful. But yeah, I this is a no, no, not just Alaria. Also, Oberon's screams while his head is being, his oh, yeah. eyes are being pushed uh, in. Uncomfortable. No, the noble warrior screams of <laughs> agony. It's like ah, ah. <laughs> It's like yeah. please stop. I do not appreciate this. <laughs> 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 Sir, please respect my consent. It's being withdrawn. Can I tap out yet? No. Okay. Um, so anyway, yeah. the, the crowd is just is in is in you know they they echo our shock as an audience really well with the cl- with the crowd shock too. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyrion is obviously in disbelief, and Tywin stands and announces that the gods have made their decision. And Tyrion is sentenced to death, and everybody's just like staring around except fucking Cersei, who's smirking. <laughs> that uh, evil bitch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, she up. was the only one that was uh, in support of the mountain during the fight, so I guess it makes sense. At least <laughs> she's consistent. I know, but that's her brother. It's still fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> to, to sum mm-hmm. it up, it was a. It, this episode made me feel sick. I felt disgusted, mm-hmm. and I felt deeply disturbed. Nine out of ten. Good, and good. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I had a great it was time. Absolutely gross. Absolutely gross and absolutely awesome. Yes, absolutely perfect. Absolutely yeah. singular. I, I'm concerned with only talking about five minutes here, but yep. <laughs> it's like yep. The rest of the episode, I was just disgusted by. Uh, by Reek. Yep. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we, we, I'd forgotten about that. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> no, not the whole yeah. episode, but this part. It was a great episode in general, but this part, well, it topped it all off. Well, probably the worst the worst death in the episode was of that dude who, um, who said, does this document say we get to live? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Probably the most oh, gruesome so death that just wasn't up on the stakes and like... Gory episode. In a good yeah. way. Yeah, and um, we got the big fight next next episode. Oh, it's good. Let's get psyched. <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts? I didn't kill rock and roll. Great episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been the Night's Rewatch podcast. <laughs> Come say hi. Blog is nightsrewatch.wordpress.com. And for now, our rewatch has ended. <laughs>